what social media mistakes are being made by far too many businesses, and what are some of the right steps you should take? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Hello, my Dark Horse friends and family. Welcome back to your weekly dose of social media learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you... Well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you are here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business tips in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Oh, another huge interview episode today. Today, Jess Jacobson, the social media strategist. Yeah, and Jess is going to be telling us what to watch out for when it comes to those social media growth scams. She's going to give us some tips to stay connected to social media and our business. And then Jess is going to tell us why we should step up and go big. And then why we should not be that booty call entrepreneur. You're going to love this one. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview guest, who's all about the gobble dog. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. Alrighty, my dark horse friends and family. Today's guest is Jess Jacobson. Now she's also known as Angelini, and there's a story in there that I don't know yet. Maybe, maybe we can pull it out of her. Now, Jess is a social media strategist who helps entrepreneurs create a kick-ass social media strategy that builds an audience of wait for it. Lifetime clients. I really like that one. Jess believes that every entrepreneur has a message that can change lives. I resonate. I'm getting excited just doing her intro. Jess believes that people are sitting out there waiting for you to get your business out there in a bigger way just to help them. Jess believes that one of the best ways to do that is through social media. Jess and her team also teach some of the strategies that they use inside their agency to clients or for clients to people at varying stages of their of their business. Letting the genie out of the bottle, Jess. I like it. <laughs> Jess, let's everyone let's give Jess a warm welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. How are you doing today? I am doing great, and I feel like I am a dark horse entrepreneur, so I'm super excited to be here. Nice. I like that. That's even better. So, uh, like I was telling you a little while ago, I, I really just want to step back from my mic and let you, you know, share your story, you know, maybe the trials and tribulations that got you to where you are today, and again, why you love doing what you do so much. This is such a loaded question, but I love it. So, um, so I am, my my name is Jess Jacobson. Depending on when you're listening to this, my last name might be Angela. Angelini, because I'm getting married next year. So that's where that story comes in. I was supposed to be married already, but you Uh know, so so COVID happened and we pushed it back a year because I want what I want, you know, right. I'm not doing a zoom wedding. I'm not doing a backyard (laughs) wedding. No shade to anyone who did that, but that's not my style. So we pushed it back, but yeah, I mean, so I'm, I'm 27 and I started my business um, three and a half years ago now, almost four years ago. 
And I, I just knew that I had something within me my whole life that was going to put me in a spot to potentially be doing something that's not like the normal thing to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, growing up, I had an amazing mom and I had a very, uh, rough childhood with my dad, a very abusive verbally dad. Mm. And so I grew up like living with my mom and I was, when I was living with my mom, I was also living with my two grandparents, one of which, uh, my grandpa owned a successful used car business in Chicago, here in Chicago in the Midwest where we both live. Sweet. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So that I grew up like being around an entrepreneur and looking at my grandpa, you know, the way he showed up in his life. And it was a really good example for me as like what a man could be and then also what an entrepreneur could be. And so I just was always admiring him and watching how he worked and watching how he treated people and watching what he created because he grew up super poor, like had nothing. His dad was an immigrant who like his name was Vito and he changed his name to Victor because at the time people hated Italians. And so he got rid of his, you know, accent and he was a peddler, which is like before they had grocery stores. Mm -hmm. My great grandpa would like go to the farmer's market and buy a bunch of produce put it on a bike and then pedal around the different neighborhoods and sell people their produce so that Mm -hmm. they didn't have to go. So that was very entrepreneurial too. So it's kind of in my blood and I grew up like being on one hand really inspired by that, but also having a a big challenge in front of me through my other side of what I was going through with, with my dad. So there's always like a challenge in front of me, but also something to look at and aspire to, mm-hmm. which I really contribute to me being where I'm at now at such a young age, being able to have a business and have a big vision and being able to step over some of the lines that I know are not easy to step over and sure. lead some of the things that I know are not easy to be led. So that's kind of like my entrepreneurial path. Mm-hmm. Um Social media wise, I went to the University of Illinois, um, Champaign-Urbana, which I'm sure you're familiar with being over here. (laughs) And um, I was a film major, but I just didn't like being a film major because it was all theory and no action. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at U of I, at other schools, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of action in film. Sure. But I had stumbled into advertising And I took an advertising class and I switched my major and I was super into it and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to work at Leo Burnett and all these big agencies and I'm going to be a creative. Um, And I got into the creative track at U of I, which only 16 kids get in. And it's totally anonymous. You have to submit work and they give you like a number. It's like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I got in. Like I'm going to be a creative in the ad world. It's going to be amazing. And um, when I got into the ad world and was working on big brands, uh, I first of all, didn't like it. And that was a huge, that was a huge realization. Um, But I had all through college been trying to build my portfolio because in order to get a job in as a creative in advertising, you need to have a portfolio. It's not a resume. It's not a um, GPA. It's all about, do you have, they call it like a book. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to spend 60 grand going to portfolio school for two years. Mm. So um, 
I started doing social media for local businesses. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So you started cutting your chops early. Yeah, exactly. I just figured like I may as well start building my portfolio now in school instead of having to go be in more debt and more school. Um, So I just decided like me and some of my friends ran a student agency where we like ran around town and we were starting Instagrams for all the local businesses and doing Mm -hmm. it for free just to build our, our reputation up. And this was when Instagram had just came out, you know? Um, so we were like, you guys should be on Instagram. You should be on Facebook. And we were like helping them create their promotions and like building, you know, feeds and themes and like really helping these businesses. And so when I got into the agency world at my first agency, I went to my creative director and I was like, Hey, how can I make myself valuable to you? Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, you know, Jess, um, I really hate social media. Have you ever like run social media? I have this account like Basil Hayden's. I have this account Knob Creek, um, all these Jim Beam bourbon brands. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've been doing it for, at the time I was like, I've been doing it for three years already, you know? Um, and so that's what I loved about my job and the rest of it I really hated. Mm. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's kind of like how I started in social media was kind of accidentally just kind of gravitated right towards it. Now, I really like the uh, the story part of it where you were saying, I don't want to go spend 60 grand and, and multiple years to do the book. Uh, I worked at Coca-Cola for 12 years and they are a marketing engine and they turn through marketing folks probably as fast as I can drink my water here uh, because they're looking for those minds, right? They're looking for those cream of the crop and they're willing to turn people to do it. And obviously the book is a big part of that. And so to go out there and figure out a way to get your book and actually probably in the long run, have people pay you to create that book, right? Which I think it speaks to volumes of uh, probably some of the lessons you learned with your grandfather as you watch them through the years. Awesome. I like that. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like too, honestly, like now that I'm far removed from it, it, I don't, I just, I'm really glad I did not go to portfolio school for myself. Um, because I feel like, how do you then walk away? It's like, you're not even in the field yet. And you're, you just spent four years getting a degree and then two extra years and 60 grand in the hole Mm -hmm. or more probably now, this was four years ago, five years ago. Um, you know, it's just like, how do you walk away from that? And it's just, um, to me, it's kind of crazy because you're also creating fictional ads. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's like all about now I understand marketing so much more and it's all about the ideal client. It's all about the, the audience, the brand, the budget. And so some of my creative directors actually preferred, I got lucky where I applied, they preferred to not hire portfolio school kids because they were like, oh God, those kids, like they, they've been creating fake ads for the last two years and they don't know what it's like to work on a budget. Right. Yeah. So no, that's, there's that's, that. Yeah, there, that's definitely true. I, um, I was the uh, production director for a, a mobile media organization for a couple of years, about two, almost three years. And, uh, you know, companies would come to us and uh, they'd say, here's our budget and here's what we're trying to do, you know, whatever uh, promotional campaign we want to do. And you know, often the two weren't quite aligned. Like, here's our ideas, here's our budget, right? <laughs> You're like, ah, sorry, we, we can't create that. Uh, we can do some of these things down here. Uh, sometimes it's a, a little level setting, but there's a lot of opportunities to get creative, right? Uh, uh, I'll, I'll say that, to get creative with budgets and, and, and 
change things around. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't even want to call it out, but you, you mentioned it specifically. So yeah. you're, you're rocking it hard already in your mid to late 20s. Right. And uh, so you've, 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 you're like, yeah, right. People are, you got this hockey stick going in the upward direction. So do you feel, and I've only asked this question a couple of times, but do you feel that our education system in society in general isn't really conducive to being an entrepreneur? You had an entrepreneurial grandfather, so you may have a different view, but I'm just, I'm interested to hear your opinion on that. I actually think it's not worth it if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, just to like be acknowledge like my privilege and everything, I am super grateful that I have an education. I understand that there's parts of the world where that's just not a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really grateful for my education because it was, I mean, U of I is a great school. Like Illinois is just such a great school. But I would say for me, most of like the advertising school is so new that 80% of your degree, they're having you take other classes that aren't advertising classes. Mm -hmm. And it's so much money to go and do that, that I now realize as an entrepreneur that I'm investing in like coaching and mentoring and programs and continued education. I'm like, damn, I did not need to do all of that. I should have turned left about four years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because I am where I am and I don't think I would have, like, I, I do, I, um, what I'll say is I had one amazing professor mm-hmm. who I always say, his name is Peter Sheldon and I'll probably send him this interview because I always send him interviews when I mention him, but he really did make my degree worth it for me nice. Okay, because, um, because he was such a great professor. I mean, award-winning creative and copywriter. And he instilled in me in his classes that creative track I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Um, that class to me, it, it instilled in my brain creative strategy nice. and marketing strategy. And that's what I love. And I, that started with his class and with him. And so for that reason, I'm really grateful for my degree. Had I not gotten into that class, I think it would have been a total waste. I mean, other than like I made some amazing friends sure. and I grew <laughs> right. a lot as a person, you know, um, I do think that college should just not be that expensive for everybody. I think it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, I'm still paying off my loans and it's like kind of insane to me how much I've basically just paid off interest over the last five years, which is like, <laughs> it's like I still have owed what I borrowed and I've been paying for five years. It's insane. It's a little crazy. Yeah. So I just think that it should be reformed a little bit, but for entrepreneurs, you don't, if you know you're going to be an entrepreneur, eh, don't know if it's right. And yeah, and, and I was never, and and I don't think you did, but I I never asked that question as a, as a tactic to, to bash the education system. But I, I think you're right. There's opportunities to enhance it, right? Whether it's the cost or the teaching strategies or whatever, um, because I, I think so much of what we learn growing up can't be applied in the entrepreneurial world, right? You're like, ah, oh. I mean, because I was hustling, you know, from a teenager, you know, just doing kid things. Hey, you want to buy it? I just drew this cool bird. You want to buy it? You know, and totally. then, I, you know, and then I got into painting cars and doing pinstriping and installing stereos, all the things that I totally loved to do. And I was like, oh, you want me to paint your car? Sure. You know, 700 bucks. And they're like, done. Right. They didn't have to totally. worry about it. But, but if there would have been a class to teach me the the nuts and bolts behind the scenes, you know, being 16 and someone drops 750, you know, bones in your hand, you're like, yeah. 
yeah. But if there if there had been the class to say, okay, now take at least a third of that and reinvest it, and take a third of that and save it because you're gonna have to pay taxes on it. You know, that would have been some great lessons to have early on in in my uh, young career. And I had a an entrepreneur class that I took in my major, but it was very startupy. Like we created an app. Like I created an app called Flush Finder and it was like, it wasn't real, it was fictional, but we created like a whole proposal and like funding and all these things. And um, it was all like very startup-y in terms mm-hmm. of like apps and stuff, which is like kind of valuable, but I never, I didn't end up doing that. And like, honestly, none of that really spilled over into my entrepreneurial stuff either, other than it was a fun talking point when I was on job interviews to be like, sure. yeah, I created this. I put it in my book. I created this thing. It's Flush Finder. It's like finding and rating good a portable or a public bathrooms like that was like a that was what it was like you know if you're in new york or chicago you're looking for a good bathroom that's not going to be stanky that's true so, um so that was our idea but yeah no i do think that there there's so much opportunity there and i also think number one it should be more accessible and more affordable and number mm-hmm. two um it shouldn't be required. Like, I don't think that like for me and my generation, we were told that like, this is what you've got to do. Yeah. And so many of my friends went into so much debt and, and none of them are really, most of my friends aren't doing what they went to school for. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous to me. And I feel that way when I, like I said, when I look at my balance, I'm like, are you kidding? Like I owe as much as I borrowed. I've just been paying for nothing. It's just kind of insane that you're at such a young age, you're being locked into it. And as an entrepreneur, I, I don't think you need it to be honest. Right on. All right. So we'll get off, we'll we'll get off the education high horse for a moment, (laughs) shall we? I I do want to, I do want to steer back to what it is is your, your crux, right? Where you spend your days and which is social media, right? That's, and correct me if I'm ever wrong here. And uh, the first question that pops to my head, and you actually shared this with me in some of your information was the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make in social media. And I'm sure I've made them, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I would love to, to share about that. So th- I want to start by saying that my specialty is in content campaign strategy okay. and not not in ads. So a lot of right. people come to me, they want to know about ads. I'm totally an organic uh, specialist, not against ads or anything. I just, it's not my jam. I'm more of a strategist, creative. Um, and I think like, so this is going to maybe surprise you. I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the biggest, very costly mistakes that a lot of my clients have made or people I know make on Instagram specifically, I'll talk about Instagram specifically, sure. is they hook their account up to a bot, mm-hmm. either knowingly or unknowingly, mm-hmm. or they hire... I just went through this. Um, They hire an expensive growth agency, Instagram growth agency for like 20 grand or more. Like I'm telling you, I've had people spend between 10 up to like 25 grand to a growth, quote unquote, air quotes, if you guys can't see me, an air quotes growth agency. And all of those services that I have come across thus far are total BS. So it's like they grow your account, but they're not with real people. And so, or it's like a couple real people and they do all these crazy weird things to get you followers. And 
it's just a huge mistake for entrepreneurs to be in the follower mindset, the numbers, mm. the vanity numbers mindset, because at the end of the day, like, what do we need? We need clients. We need customers. We need cash in our business. Yeah. You cannot take your followers to the bank and cash them in. It doesn't work that way. I've tried. So, You're right. I've tried. They don't do it. <laughs> I've tried too. <laughs> I can't pay my rent with followers. You're now listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. So, and neither, none of us can. And the goal of our social media is marketing. It's not about some vanity number. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make is they get so obsessed with the vanity number. They, they, they equate their worth and their influence with the vanity number. Sure. When the, tr the truth is that influence has nothing to do with how many followers you have. Influence is about, can you take someone and have them take an action with you? Mm -hmm. That's influence. Influence is you being like, hey, Jess, um, you know, I just read this book and I think you have to read it. It's called this book. And then it's called this. And then I go and buy the book. That's influence. Influence is not, oh my God, this person has a hundred thousand followers. Cause I'll tell you, there's a lot of fraud out there in terms of people not having the amount of followers that you think they have. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of ways that are not in integrity that people grow their accounts. And I know that some people might be thinking, oh, bots are the future. Automation is the future. Okay. You might be right, but automation is also not person to person. Automation right. and bots are not going to buy. So, and people think like, oh, but if I have the social proof, if someone lands on my account and I have 10,000 followers, then I'll get the swipe up feature and then this and this and that. There's a million reasons, Tracy, why that is so not the way to go. One of them being that it's actually against Instagram's API, against mm -hmm. their system to do that. So if they find out you're doing that, they're either going to shut you down, which has happened to several people I know, mm -hmm. or they're going to penalize your account and you're not going to get your account seen. The other thing is, even if they don't know you're doing it, I just ran into this, like just ran into this with a client. Um, they had hired a growth agency and then the growth agency stopped because they were seeing that it wasn't like real followers or ideal clients. And they had grown their page 20,000 followers higher. Sure. And Instagram, so then they get off and by the way, they were sending engagement on the down low, like the client didn't know that and she, the client kind of didn't believe me, but I know what I see because I do this. Right. So they're sending likes and comments to the pages too that aren't real. And then Ooh. what happens is when you stop that, it's a tough game to play because then you, you go back to totally organic to real engagement and Instagram's algorithm is like, okay, wait, there's 20,000 more people now than there were before. And there's less people percentage-wise interacting based on the uh, like the size of the account and the interactions. Sure. And that's how Instagram decides if it's going to show your content to people. So uh, so then you, then you lose reach, you lose engagement. It's just a tough game to play. And I would so much rather my entrepreneurs who work with my agency or honestly with the training side of my center too, like I would rather them have 10, 5 or 10,000 people forever that would buy everything they put out. Sure. I mean, wouldn't we all right. then a million people who don't give a crap about what you're saying? No. So this is a huge mistake. And I think it's just the culture of social media that I'm really passionate about, um, like flipping on its head is like, it's not about the how many, it's about the who. It's not about the perception of what people think you're influential if you have this big audience. It's about, is that audience going to buy? Because that's really where the, inf the true influence comes in. 
No, I totally agree with you there. I think uh, I, I learned that big lesson. And actually, when I started my Instagram, I went out and I was looking at those growth opportunities. And I'm like, every time I read about it, just, you know, that little feeling you get in your stomach, right? Your, 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 your body's just telling you, nah, nah. And so I just totally, all right, I'm not going to do this. I'll just post when I post. It's, you know, and for me, Instagram is, is secondary, but mm-hmm. Facebook, on the other hand, now, right? I go out there and I'll post and I'll jump on the lives. I've really started jumping on lives almost daily. Um, That's and, great. And I've been seeing the interactions, you know, the the likes and the, who I watched it and the, and the comments and what have you. I'm like, all right, I feel way better about doing that than, you know, even hiring someone out there to go do it the right way. Would, and I don't, I don't mean an agency like yours. I mean, like someone that says, okay, I'm going to put a V out there and they're going to be posting for me every day and they're going to do, you know, all the, all the stuff that I would do. It just wouldn't be me, right? It'd be different. So I, I stumble across, across that as, as well. Yeah. If you're going to, especially if, if we're personal brands, you know, and that's what I specialize in, you mm-hmm. have to really pass those tasks off right. Because the moment, I think entrepreneurs, they think like exactly what you said, where I love what you said, that you're you're committed to being connected yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that oftentimes, like with my programs, people are like, oh, I don't want to learn this myself. And it's like, well, you've got to. I mean, our, our best client, who's like our most successful, not necessarily our best, but our most successful client has has their boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. They know what's going on. They have a huge audience and a massive, massive, like one of the biggest named people in the coaching space. Their feet are on the ground. They are in their DMs. They are doing Instagram stories. They are reading their comments. Yes, our team helps them with the strategy and the execution and all of that, but it's it's that client at the end of the day. It's their voice. Mm-hmm. It's and they know that too. They've said like, yeah, I see so often like entrepreneur, other entrepreneurs n- not having their feet on the ground. And then that's when their business starts to fall apart too, yeah. because they're not really listening. And honestly, like our, all of all the things that we create need to be for our clients. And so when you're on social media, yes, you get to have boundaries. Yes, you get to have systems and help around you. But social media is one of the things that every entrepreneur needs to understand. Because if you don't understand that and you hire someone and they're doing the hacky stuff and not telling you, they're growing right. your page through bots, you're never going to know until it's too late. And then you come to someone like me and say, what's going on? And I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. And they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea because right. they weren't connected to their audience. They weren't, they didn't have their feet on the ground. You know sure. what I mean? No, I totally know what you mean. I think the the, the best thing any entrepreneur, and I, you know, I, I think you'll echo this, is be connected to their clients and their prospects, right? And that's, I think that's the other piece of, of social media is, is you're using it as a, as a prospecting tool as well as a, a connection tool. And you can't connect with a bot. I'm sorry. You, you just can't. We're not there yet. Now, I think they're trying to put, you know, uh, chips in our head, but we're not there yet. But I, I think uh, I saw a great example of this. A friend of mine, uh, Jake, when he launched his podcast, uh, on the day he did the launch, he had this big uh, launch party, right? And of course, this was uh, a month and a half, maybe two months ago. So we're in the middle of COVID. So they did it in Zoom, right? So they got everyone to come into this big Zoom room, probably had 20, 25 people in the Zoom room. And, you know, they took through, they took the time to engage with each other, you know, through some questions and some activities. And then, you know, he took everybody that was in the room 
into uh, his Facebook group. And still, two months later, this is probably one of the most active Facebook groups that are that is you know two months old I've ever seen. They're on there doing lives with each other. They do hot seats, and you know they're engaged in the conversation amongst themselves as well as amongst you know Jake, who started the whole endeavor, which is phenomenal to see. But again, it's it's that they're they're talking to each other, not to a bunch of bots or trying to you know fake stuff, so to speak. Absolutely, and bots don't buy. You know, so and at the end of the day, right? It's all about okay. We got to put some money in the bank to do the rest yeah. of the stuff we're trying to do, right? <laughs> and, and like you said, it's about connection, and it's also about calling forward. Like when you read in my intro, I just I feel so strongly about that. That um, there are people who are out there waiting for you to mm-hmm. step up and go big with your message and your mission on social media because they're going to see your post and they're they're waiting for you. Other people might be out there doing it, but they're not doing it the way that you do it mm-hmm. and the way that that person needs to hear you doing it. And honestly, like that's it's only it's up to us to go big and to kind of get over ourselves about our visibility issues sure. and our we're too busy issues and all these issues. And it's like, are you committed or not? Are you going to go for it or not? Because this is about, to me and my business, it's about lives, lives change. Like the more that I wait and procrastinate, the more that other people are not going to get my message. And I know that I'm different than all the other social media people out there. And I know that I'm going to land with different people. So my mission is to ignite that fire within entrepreneurs, especially coaches and personal brands mm-hmm. that they, they have got to step up and, and, and get out there and go big because there are people waiting for them nice. to change their life. Absolutely. Okay. So we talked about the biggest mistake, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Those bots, right? We, we, we're done with that one. So talk about what's the one or two all right, you're getting ready to get into the social media arena, Mr. or Miss Coach, Mr. or Miss Entrepreneur. Here are the one or two or whatever, however many. Now, if you want to do 27, that's fine too. Anyway, what, what are the first few things that they need to do to get off on that right foot? So the first thing you have to do is understand your ideal client. Okay. And I know that um, people might think like, ah, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know that. This is always the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got that down. Get to the next thing. The thing is, you probably don't. None of us really know, especially right now with COVID and there's an election happening. I mean, like I told all my clients who are in my program right now, they all just did their ideal client interviews. I teach this interview process and I teach like getting on Zoom and recording with your ideal client and asking this certain these certain questions. And that's something I would say that one of the first things you should do is write down a list of either your favorite clients that you've currently got or clients that you know you really want to work with or customers and get them on Zoom and record it and interview them about their life, their pain points, what's going on. And then, and then, send them a little something, a gift card, something that they would love in return. And it can only, it can be like a 15 minute thing and then get that transcribed, re-listen to it a bajillion times. Like you would re-listen to a podcast, like understand what they want. And then, and then content creation becomes simple Mm. because you're helping them. Your content should be serving and supporting and pulling forward into action. Those people that you want to work with. So most people, they aren't really clear on that. They say they are, but they're not. And the truth is 
come November 4th, we're all going to have to re-interview our ideal clients because there's going to be a whole new set of either fears or whatever. Like the world is changing so fast. And it's interesting because um, this is a a step. One of my clients who's in my programs and I've been working with her for a while and she is my ideal client. I've had this exact, you know, situation with her where I've interviewed her several times and hers are always updating, but she just texted me the other day and she's like the ideal client queen. She knows her ideal client better than any of my other clients. And she's like, you know, cause I'm in the program again, I decided to like follow everything, all of your coaching. And I went in and I interviewed four more of my client ideal clients again. And she's like, I was blown away by how different their verbiage is now than it was back in April. Mm. Like, and she was like, their problems are evolving. And then actually she was, she revamped a little bit of her upcoming program based on this because she was like, Oh, this is now the problem. Mm -hmm. So just be my, my, my wish is that we all don't say like, I know this because it's something that's like a never ending process with our clients. They're evolving. We're evolving. The world is changing. And as the world changes, new sets of fears of stuff, of needs, of wants, of whatever comes up. So we've got to be adapting too. And the best way to adapt is that. And then the second thing I would do, oh, did you have a question? No, 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 that's great. I'm, I'm leaning into the, to, to the it. conversation. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Feel free to interrupt me at any time no, you're and good. ask me you're, any questions. You're good. Um, but the second thing I would then do is, like I said, re-listen to that. And I would take out, you know, I have a whole system for this, but to put it really simply, I'd, I'd either get a Google Doc going or a pen and paper and I would like brain dump all of the things that you would want this ideal client to know. What are all the videos that you could create to serve them? And specifically, what do you want them to know before they jump in with you? Mm-hmm. So like if you could wave a magic wand and your your client comes into your programs or your business or your service or your product already knowing and understanding something, what would that be? And then also like what problems or objections can you handle for them up front? And a lot of times that's like sharing success stories. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I say there's, there's two kinds of entrepreneurs. There's the kind of entrepreneur that only, I call them the booty call entrepreneur. And all they do is they, they wait until they're in a launch or they're selling something new to post. So -hmm. then it's like a booty call and that's what your audience feels like. It's like, Hey, it's 3am. I've been drinking. Like, do you want to come over? That's what it feels like to your audience. If you only are, you know, um, if you're only posting when you're selling. So you've got to be posting all the time. Then there's the other kind of entrepreneur, the second one who's like shy Shelly. And she never talks about her offers. Like she's mm. never, she never lets anyone know how to step forward and work with her. So you've got to strike the balance of like serving, showing up consistently. And really like part of that is understanding the ideal client and putting a plan in place, a strategy in place. And if you don't even know how to start, just start, just go live every day and just get on there and talk, you know, Google like social media, top social media questions for entrepreneurs or for it top insert what you do, Mm -hmm. you know, questions for, for, or from insert your niche that you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And that's a great place to start too. Nice. Yeah. Like I was just mentioning, I just started doing the, uh, the go lives. I, I, I would post all the time and I'm not bashful. It's not like I'm, I'm afraid to stand up there and, Hey, what's going You're on? You're not Shelly. I yeah, just, yeah, I just Shelley. never, I just never, and I'm not the booty call guy either. Not anymore. Anyway. 
<laughs> but you know, I, it was just one of those things that just, I, I don't know, it, it felt weird. And after I, weird. after I did it the first couple of times and started getting the feedback, I'm like, all right, this is actually kind of cool. And it's not like you have to get on there and you can correct me. Uh, um, it's not like you got to get on there and give an hour spiel or anything, right? You just kind of pop in. And what I do is I just like flick it on and talk for a couple of minutes and I'm like, peace, I'm out and, and I'm done. But one of the things I've been doing with it is making sure I either leave a thought-provoking idea or ask a question to get them thinking, right? Uh, I, I think today it was, you know, is anybody holding you back from starting whatever it is you want to start? And what if that person is you, right? You need to look yourself in the eye in the mirror and just say, let's go, let's just get this mother going now, right? But uh, yeah, I think you're right. Just get those questions, whatever questions you need to ask. And, and I really like the idea of reevaluating who your perfect client is. You may know it. And I'm a. I'm actually probably going to leave this uh, conversation and go do it myself because I know who I think it is. But you're right. Over the past few months, so much has happened and so much is happening that who I think I'm doing uh, or serving, they may have new needs or some of these old needs are like, yeah, okay, that's like secondary now. I, I need to. I need to focus on this. So I really like that tip. All right. I know you have a myriad of goodness that you can share, but I want to be mindful of your time. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity to let me, uh, if someone listening to us says, okay, I need to talk to Jess more, uh, where do they reach out to get a hold of you? They can, I'm sure, I think I sent you a link. I have a free gift if anybody is really feeling like, where the heck do I even start? Okay. Um, I have your first seven days of social media content or your next seven days of social media content. And it's, it's seven prompts that are in detail of ways you can start to get comfortable putting yourself out there. And it's the first seven days of a 30-day plan that I do with my agency clients and within my programs to help people warm up their audience really fast nice. and call people forward. So that's the first seven days of that. That'll help you get going. And then if you have more questions for me or you want to connect, I'm on Instagram all the time at Jess Jacobson right now depending on when you're listening, it might be Jess Angelini. Um, <laughs> but I'm on Instagram at Jess Jacobson and my last name is spelled J-A-C-O-B-S-E-N. Yeah. And then same on Facebook. You can add me on Facebook. I am unfiltered. I will warn you. Um, but you can absolutely add me on Facebook and I give a lot of content there and you can just send me a a DM or send me a private message and just say, Hey, I found you on the dark horse entrepreneur. And this, I have a question about, or I'm stuck on this and I'm happy. I go through, I go on DMS all the time and I, I talk to people and help them with their social problems. So I'm happy to chat. Well, I don't have any social problems, but uh, I know we've chatted quite a bit on Facebook. Uh, uh, we'll be sure to get all those links into the show notes for everybody, as well as that link to the seven days of social media content. And, uh, uh, any final thoughts you want to leave us with? I would just say um, that no matter what you think it, you need to do before you get visible, you don't. Even if you haven't done your ideal client stuff yet, keep, get visible now and then do that to help you get better. But I think that, you know, if I could just leave you with one thought, it would be that, you know, we as, we as business owners, we have a calling in our heart and we really want to create something that hasn't been created for our families, for ourselves, for our clients, whatever it is for you. 
And the longer that you wait to get visible and put yourself out there and tell yourself, oh, after I lose this weight, after I do this, after this, after that, when that's over, all you're doing is delaying the lives change that you can change, number one. And number two, delaying your success. So I would just say like, don't be so hard on yourself. Go big and figure out a way that's you can start to get consistent and start to stretch into that because social media is a long game. Like you were saying, it it does take a little bit to get some traction, but also there's some ways that you can create short wins if you understand your ideal client. And um, yeah, it's a great place to connect too. So get out there, everybody. (laughs) Get out there and go big, everybody. Jess, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I definitely appreciate your time. Thanks for having me and thanks for listening. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. All right. That was fire. That was awesome. Oh, yay. Yeah. I'm so glad. That was awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to have you back around, you know, in a few months and, you know, do a catch up, see how you're doing. Because obviously, like you said, I think things are, are in motion, right? I think uh, social media is going to change a lot in the next, like you said, probably next month, let alone the next six plus months. And who knows, there may be some new player on the field that you're going to go, oh, dude, let me tell you about this. It's true. I mean, this, I was not kidding about the election too. Like the world is going to be in a different place depending on what happens. So, um, I'm really cognizant and, and of that as well for social and like what that means for people. And, um, yeah, for sure. I'm happy to come back. I love, I, I'm, my goal is to get on 30 new podcasts before the end of the year. Um, but I'm happy to come back on this one and dive deeper into anything that maybe your audience like resonated with. That would be excellent. All right, Jess. I'm sure we'll be chatting on Facebook and what have you. All right. Talk to you soon. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. All right. There you have it, my dark horse friends and family. Jess Jacobson dropping some social media entrepreneurial bombs on us today. few thoughts for me. Thought number one, from filmmaker, excuse me, from film major to a creative in advertising to social media. Jess, you know, like so many of us, didn't find her calling right out of the gate. She was traveling in one direction, then she was heading in another direction until she finally found a path that resonated with her, which was social media. I mean, she was literally going around to her local business while she was still in college and helping them get their social media message and their presence up off the ground. Now, Jess was lucky and she found this early in her career and she's able to leverage her passion for marketing and social media into a business. So the question becomes, what skills and passions do you have that you could leverage and bring to the marketplace, right? I, I I truly believe, and you've heard me say this so many times, we all have at least one, right? My man Sid calls it a superpower. I think we have more than one. Most often, there are so many of these inside of us, but you always have this one true superpower that I, and I believe that you owe it to yourself and to us to shine that superpower upon all of us so that we can all learn and grow from it. Thought number two, watch out for those scams, right? There are a number of magic pills that are being marketed out there, you know, from those low cost ones to the ones that uh, Jess mentioned can cost thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, most of those, as she said, are BS. So I I personally felt the same thing uh, that Jess had mentioned, but, you know, coming from her being the expert, I mean, it really is telling you a huge message, right? 
If you're considering a growth tactic for your social media following, please, please, please engage with a reputable company, a reputable agency that will not risk your presence on that platform. I mean, or your money, right? So you're going to have to, you're going to have to do your research. You have to check them out fully, right? You know, reach out to some of their customers, some clients, follow them on social media, check out how they do business, right? This same way you would check out anybody. Someone's going to service your car. You want to check them out, right? And, you know, when it comes to social media, and you've heard me mention this before and just echoed it, be mindful of getting hooked into those vanity numbers, right? Don't become a part of that vanity number mindset. Yeah, it would be great to have thousands of followers. It would be amazing to have that kind of number tacked up on your board, right? But if only 10 of them are truly in your tribe, then not only are you doing it wrong, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. So stop feeding your ego and start giving value to your tribe. And trust me, they will step into your world freely and for free. And this leads right into thought number three. Stay connected, whether through Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever platform works best for you. Engage and stay connected with your tribe. For me, it's all about starting with a platform that works best for you. Why for you? Well, if it works for you, then you're going to use it, right? I mean, you, you're not going to use one that's uncomfortable for you. You're just going to be like, oh man, this is no fun. I can't do this. So pick the one that works for you and then use it. And once you're comfortable with that, right, and you got your groove flowing, right, add a new platform and start stepping into that one and get comfortable with that one and then build your connection strength there. Invite your followers from the first platform that you were using onto your second one, right? You get comfortable with the second one and guess what? Yeah, rinse and repeat. Clearly at some point now, you're gonna want or need some assistance in your social media efforts, right? And this is when we come back to, you know, find those reputable places and services, reach out to people like your coach, your mentor, whoever it is you're, uh, you're soliciting advice from, or, you know, reach out to Jess. I mean, she gave her Facebook and her Instagram here, and Jess is one of those gals. I've reached out to her a few times. She's uh, readily available to give advice for free as so many amazing entrepreneurs out there are. All right, step number four, actually thought number four, step up and go big. I think this comes full circle back to the first thought and Jess said it so well. There are other people doing what you do. Yeah, there are other people doing that too, but they're not doing it like you do it. And there are people out there that need to hear what you're gonna be doing and what you're doing the way you do it right? So again, I think it's your moral imperative to get out there and serve your tribe. You owe it to yourself, you owe it to me, and you certainly owe it to that one person out there that is hungry to hear your message your way. So get out there and give it to them as only you can. All right, my dark horse friends and family, what inspiring tips or thoughts resonated with you, right? What what did Jess say that just kind of rang out? You're like, oh, yeah, that that's awesome, right? Well, whatever it was, right? Take some time today and put it into action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them, right? Seriously, email me, tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips and ideas that you came away with, how you put them in action, and what results you gain from them, right? Heck, who knows? Might even bring you on the show to let you talk about it and pitch your business at the same time. All right, so next week's guest, Anna Mitchell. Yeah, she's going to be sharing her unique entrepreneurial journey that includes food trucks, parties, 
and gobble dogs. Yeah, you heard me. Not hot dogs. Gobble dogs. Also, how she's giving back to her via her business venture to the young entrepreneurs that are in her area. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from this podcast and those I'm lucky enough to be able to interview. So please go on down there, hit subscribe. While you're there, drop us a five star rating, write us some kind words in the review, heck, even some words of constructive criticism. And of course, do not Keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D to yourself. Share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. All right, with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.